Welcome back, and I mean welcome back, to geeking out over Star Wars. It has been, I think, the longest amount of time between episodes at all. Uh, I I am joined by my co-pilot, as always, and I have not seen and heard from him. And that's not that's not his fault or my at all. It's because of me. But we have not talked in a long time. We've not done this show in a long time. I'm joined by my co-pilot, Shamari. Dude, we're back. We are back. Yes, it has been a while, um, but we are back, and it is good to have you back. Uh, of course, um, uh, and as you said, you know, of course, you've been, you have been uh, going through. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's all me. It um, is me. I yeah. <laughs> but um, I uh, picked up and moved. You know, uh, yeah. way too far away. So uh, it, yeah. it, it getting this stuff started and figuring life out has been a little bit of the priority. Um, and so that that is the reason we haven't had a show in six, five, five, six months now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we are back. And this is this is the kickoff. This is this is this is the episode that is we are back because I really I want to keep getting into this and going into this and restarting for the new year. Yeah, exactly. And when we're back to, and, and ready to talk Star Wars, you know, of course. Yeah. Which is always a joy. So it's it's always a joy. There's always Star Wars coming out in one form or another. Of course, we say that every show. But also, you and I, this show is our main way of talking Star Wars. You know, occasionally yeah. something comes out, we read something, we watch an episode, we message each other and go, "Dude," and we're like, "Dude, dude, dude." Yeah. Yeah, because you know, and we have those wins when we break down for you know. Those listening, of course, but for Shamari and I, for you and I, man, that this is where we get to do that, where we get to geek out and catch up on all things Star Wars, and that is what brings me some of the most joy in my entire life. So, uh, I'm glad to be back. Absolutely, same here. Same here. So we 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 had a lot of releases over the last six months. Um, a lot of big stuff. I mean. Uh, we have Ahsoka, obviously, I'd say is the biggest, obviously. We, um, we had some High Republic stuff. We had uh, some video game, well, maybe not announcement, but trailer and gameplay reveal. Um, so we've had quite a bit of Star Wars content dropped in the past five months. Now, unfortunately, we can't go into all of it. Uh, that is, that would just be too much for one episode. As much fun as it would be, probably carry on for like three or four hours. No. What we decided to do for our last episode of the year, but our first episode back at it on a more consistent basis, is we decided to do another top ten for, for Shamari and I, and that is a top ten moments in Star Wars in 2023. Um, so... Shamari and I did not. We have not seen each other's lists. As is the as you have not just just so that uh, I I am telling the truth and everybody knows. Shamari, have you seen my list? No, I have no idea what your list is. Exactly, and I do not know your list. And so this is as always a lot of fun because we go in blind and we get to be really re- we react to each other's lists. We also didn't really set too many standards, rules, or parameters for these lists. Um, so I take it your lists uh, from what it sounded like before we started the show 
your list might be a little different than mine, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yep. So yeah. I'm 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 excited. I'm really excited to get into this. Uh usually we do the whole everyone does top you know, we both do a top ten and then nine eight and then nine eight and so on and so forth until we both reveal our top choice at the end of the episode. Um so I am I think it is time we just dive right in. We can get into it because I think there was even some other news that I want to talk about, but I think all of it might end up being touched upon in this episode through our list. So this will also be a chance for us to catch up. And I think it's time to dive right in. So, sir, why don't you do us the honors and kick us off with your number 10, unless you have some honorable mentions, in which case you do. I do not. But some honorable mentions, um, but otherwise your number 10 choice for top moments in Star Wars in 2023. Um, so I so I do have some honorable mentions. Um, the, all right, all right. I me on my toes. Go for it. I, I have a long list. This is actually pretty hard for me. I don't know if it was, oh. but yeah, it was pretty hard. There were quite a few things that I had written down that just did not make it. Um, and uh, I'll give a a okay. Well, I, the one that is a potential spoiler for those of, those of us those that may be listening. Um, that are going through the eye of darkness. I'm still getting through it, but one of the moments from that is in my honorable mentions. I won't mention that, but oh, already? Yes, yeah. Oh boy, that's a big. That's a big. Uh, okay, well, yeah. Are, are, yeah. I, yeah. I'd like to talk about it. I would definitely like to. I would like for you to say it. So, well, why don't we give? It's been the book has been out for a month now, so I think we give a spoiler alert here. Okay, all we right. Give a spoiler alert here. You may want to skip ahead five five yes. minutes. Yes. So. Skip um, skip ahead a couple minutes if if you are if you are if you're listening and you have not yeah. read Eye of Darkness yet, but I have read it, so I'm not too worried, and I will not stop you, Shamari. Go ahead, full steam right. ahead. So Markion Rowe broadcasting the um, the death of um, the Jedi Grandmaster. Patrick um, Vader. Yes, live. Yeah. yeah. Everyone. Oh my goodness, that I, took me back. I was like, oh boy. Um, talk about a like one of those like the especially with the audiobooks because that's how i listen to half yes. the, the those moments when the music swells and then it's just it's just chilling man it really like it gives you chills you understand yeah. the magnitude of this villainy yeah absolutely it's so he's just so menacing and just um it's like it's like kicking like the whole republic honestly when it's already down you know so it that was that was uh that was pretty big. So that is definitely an honorable mention for me. Um and then I also have the Battle of Jeddah, which technically that started that was in January. I think that was when that came out. Um uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um so I Yes, I so, think so. Yeah, yeah. So that I have as well, because I did very much enjoy the novel as well as the Battle of Jeddah when it was occurring in the comics as well, from what they showed from that. Um, and then, um, uh, this was kind of cheating and I didn't really know where to put this anyway, but, um, I very much enjoyed Balin Skull's, uh, Ray Stevenson's Balin Skull character, uh, in Ahsoka. Um, I thought his whole presence in Ahsoka was a highlight for me. Um, so Agreed. he is also, um, an honorable mention for me as well. Um. I think that's a very that's a very good list of honorable mentions, which makes me incredibly curious for your actual list. But that's a good list of honorable mentions. 
Um, yeah, thank yeah, thank you. So, um, so I started off my list with number ten, and um, number ten for me is a scene from the penultimate episode of The Mandalorian season three, um, when Paz Vizsla sacrificed himself, um, fighting the Praetorian guards, um, and uh, Moff Gideon. That was pretty cool. Yeah, in, um, in a season that I find uh, underwhelming, yeah, uh, comparison yeah. to the first two, that is a that is a standout moment. I can agree with that. Yeah, that that definitely stood out to me. That was an OMG moment that I did not expect to see, and it was very cool. It was very well executed. So that for me is my number ten. That is, I I can't I can't argue with that. And I got a bunch of uh, I have a bunch of problems with Mandalorian season three. I think it just is a big dip in quality from the first two. But right. that is a fantastic moment. And I think those last two episodes were obviously like what what it was aiming for and what it was going for. But that sacrifice it. Uh, the music swelling, the all of it, the the visuals, it was fantastic. I thought that was a really good moment. That's a good. That's a that's a good number ten. I can definitely tell the difference in our two lists already. Yours are, yours are are, a very specific almost moments and scenes and whatnot. It seems like, if I'm correct. Uh, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, and mine are more. I I think overall big things that maybe I'll touch on a scene or whatnot, but. All right, I'll stop talking. I'll get to my honorable mentions. I didn't have any. I, I, but you know, you included some. I feel like I got to include some. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the Blade miniseries. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, as part of Phase Two, I, I, I considered actually putting that in my top ten. I just, I, for a character that I did not care much at all. I mean, I'm his brief appearance a little bit in the first uh, phase of the High Republic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool he cooks he's jovial it's you know a lot of fun he's got a little bit of history but to see his actual history the blade of bardada um the i loved barash as a character as well his his uh quote-unquote sister um and uh i just i just thought that blade the blade series is great and if you're reading the high republic now uh phase three and i have darkness no spoilers but it's cool to just see things come together a little bit um, if you've read Phase Two, so no spoilers. But um, I did love Battle of Jeddah as well. I thought that is so far my favorite of the audio dramas. Um, I've liked I liked Dooku, um, Jedi Lost. I enjoyed uh, Tempest Runner about Lorna D by Kevin mm-hmm. Scott. I thought something about the scale of this one because those other two are more personal journeys. Yes. Um, but the scale of Battle of Jeddah is massive, and it's such a huge voice cast, and the effects and the emotions and th- all the characters and what it means to the to the to the story. Um, I just it's such a I think such an accomplishment and one of the best parts of Phase Two of the High Republic. Um, I think that's it for my honorable mentions. Uh, my my number ten on this list of top 10 moments is like I said, not a specific moment. It's a just bad batch season two in general. Um, I am, I am someone who kind of started off a little, a little lukewarm on season two of bad batch. I think, uh, part of it had the more throwaway episodes that, that also a season one had, which is, which is fine. It's, you know, it's still, 
um, it's going to have that. All of Star Wars has, has had that. Rebels and Clone Wars. Among even some of the best moments, there are just some throwaway moments that are just a little more silly and stuff with. Um, I'm forgetting the one they used to get there. Sid, I Sid, believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything was all of that stuff and little. It just didn't matter. But when when Bad Batch would turn its sights and focus on the Empire, on on um, Hunter, on 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 the actual Bad Batch and their feelings, and then on the Empire, on um, Tarkin and all of that stuff and all of the other things that are going on behind the scenes and it would get very serious and somber and it was some of the best star like Star Wars of the year when it would do that and I just found it enthralling and I think it ends incredibly high I think it ends on such a high note that uh, I'm really excited for season three I think season three will be once again a very somber affair especially if you've seen the end of season two and season three is the end of the series as well um, which I appreciate because I appreciate when a show doesn't go on for too long and it seems to be a very specific story that Dave Filoni is telling. Um, so I want to say season two is my big moment. Number 10 Star Wars this year. I mean, I, I, um, I, I definitely don't disagree. I mean, I, um, I mean, you guys will see, but, uh, I may have some moments from season two on my list as well. And it is very, um, it's just really good. I, and I agree, like the, the parts where they focus on the empire, the state of the galaxy, the state of, of the clone troopers, including the bad batch, but also everybody mm-hmm. else, uh, you know, Cody made an appearance as well. And, and, yeah. um, you know, when they focus on that stuff, it's just, it's top tier. It's top tier star Wars. Uh, I agree. So, so yeah, I definitely don't disagree with that. Um, um how yeah. I how about I go to my nine, yeah. and then you'll go to your nine, and then you can go to your eight, and, vest, and you keep going. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. All right, that sounds good. So my number nine, and I texted you about this when the gameplay was first revealed, um, but was the announcement and gameplay for Star Wars Outlaws. Yes. Um, I have been, I have been since uh, I think. I want to say since uh, the Old Republic, I have not had a Star Wars experience that feels as immersive as that. Fantastic stories. I mean, the Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor games are fantastic through and through, start to finish, and I can't wait for the third one. But I've been waiting for a role-playing game that really lets me completely inhabit the characters, has a completely open world um, open galaxy, different customizations. Um, I know I texted you about it, and we, you know, and I felt the same way. You texted me, you're like, oh, you wish there was like some force element, and I, I agree. I, I wish there was. I wish there was Jedi in some form. Um, it takes place between five and six. Uh, correct? Am I correct on that? Um, does it take place between five and six? I believe. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Hans and Carbonite, uh, and they show that in. Correct. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, perfect. So it takes place 5 and 6, so it's a very specific timeline, but it also, also lines up with where Star Wars is currently in with some of its um, expanded material in the comics. Right now it's set yes. between 5 and 6, so that I, I don't know what, what the hope is there, but I do, I really like the look. I think it's being um, developed incredibly. Ubisoft has 
put it looks tremendous it looks beautiful it looks tremendous it looks like there's a ton of options it really looks like something i can dive in and spend you know jedi survivor is fantastic um might make an appearance on the list later but like it's you know it's a very concentrated 25 hour story you know mm-hmm. um and once you're done with that there are other things to do there's a ton of extra stuff you can easily expand that to 30 you know 35 hours um, by doing the extra missions, recruiting people to your to your base and all of that. But to completely lose yourself in, in something that is completely open world. Um, and that's what actually has really drawn me recently in a lot of games in general. Um, that was the promise of cyberpunk for me, which started out not so great, but did end up becoming that. Uh, that's what Starfield um, did for me when it first released in September, and I really spent uh, dozens of hours in Starfield, so um, I'm excited to do that again with Star Wars. So my number nine moment is announcement and gameplay review for Star Wars Outlaws. That is a good number nine. I, I so I I can't spoil this. Outlaws didn't make my list, but I did think mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I am excited for the game to be released. I'm very excited for. Um, I mean, the gameplay looks great. You know, it's when they show the gameplay. I mean, it, it looks fun. Uh, the characters look fun. It looks like there may be some like options to choose between different paths as well. Um, yeah, the dialogue, which is always, which is I, which I always love that. Um, and it's Star Wars. It looks like Star it Wars. It's, it feels it like does. Star Wars. Um, so I, I am very excited for it as well. I'm hoping it's, it is as good as it appears that it will be. And I think that they've been on Star Wars video games, and so Lucasfilms Publishing, Games Publishing, um, has just kind of been on a roll recently. I think so. Um, with the two Jedi games, of course, as I mentioned. Um, was it Squadrons? Yep. Was yep. small but fantastic, right? Like it was, it was such a great experience and a very specific experience, but great nonetheless. Um, so I think they've kind of been on a roll, and they're greenlighting projects that really seem to just like are going to go places and are being developed with care and with love and they're just good experiences. So yep. yeah, I'm excited. And Battlefront two now is in a much better state. Um, oh yeah. And after, yeah, after it's released, they really went to work on post content, you know, post release content and updates and everything and fixed the whole microtransaction thing. And so like yep. that, you're correct. Battlefront two is also in a fantastic state. So right now we're kind of just on a really good roll of star Wars games. And I think that's going to be the, that's going to be the case. Obviously we still have the, the remake of Knights of the old Republic is still apparently in development. Uh, but that I'm a very, it's a lot of mixed signals. It seems on what's actually happening there. There have been an insane amount of layoffs at one studio and then it was moved to another studio. Uh, so that's crazy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. But mm-hmm. yeah, excited for Outlaws. All right, your number nine, sir. So my number nine is uh, going to be uh, Seer uh, fighting Darth Vader from Jedi Survivor. Um, oh, man. Down. Just, yeah. You, now I wish I had done your specific, I wish I had done my list like <laughs> you did your list now. Those specific moments, because I'm thinking about all those things, and I'm like, oh, do I just package that whole thing as Star Wars Survivor? But, oh my god, what a great moment. Go ahead, go ahead, yeah, continue. Yeah, that was a fantastic moment. Fantastic moment. Um, from start to finish. From when you're fighting a seer, which itself was also really fun. But 
to when Vader shows up, and I'm just like, oh my god, here we go. Just, I am losing it. I am losing it. That's like a moment where it's like I know you know where you were, like as it was going on. <laughs> yeah, that's like that yeah. level of Star Wars moment. I know where I was. I know what was going on. I know how long it took me to beat him. It took me. It took me a good like thirty minutes. I think it took me a while. Oh my god! Yeah, um, you were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was hard. I, <laughs> it was. It was a hard battle, and it what's cool about it is that like was playing as seer. Yes. You had so much power, right? Like when yep. you, when you, you know, Cal falls, spoilers, Cal falls unconscious, yep. or was it unconscious? And then you get to play a seer, which no, I didn't see coming whatsoever, but was super cool because she's, a, she's apparently, at least in the eyes of the game or in comparison to Cal, achieved like grand master status. Yep. She's just, she's insane. And then, yeah, but then you still realize, no, no, wait, the, there's, there's a real power difference level in levels here and then vader comes in and you're like oh my god mm-hmm. and it's the feeling that vader should almost always have when being Absolutely. uh portrayed it's just a menace just an impenetrable force mm-hmm. and just not gonna stop and it doesn't matter what you do because there's times in that game in that fight alone that you think oh I've, i beat him like and when it turns yeah. to cutscenes and whatnot you think it's done and he's not done because he just can't be beaten yeah, he just I can't. Thought it, it's yeah. just, you have to just escape. So it's which um Seer doesn't doesn't escape, which was another just oh man, just a gut punch. And it's just oh so yeah, that fight was oh man, I that fight is a ten out of ten fight for me. Definitely had to make my top ten list as my number nine. That's fair, man. That's fair. Yeah, I'm I'm jealous. All right, give us your number eight. Uh, so my number eight is the uh, Plan 99, the finale of Bad Batch Season 2. Um, you already touched on it, um, but yeah. Yeah, that finale was massive. A lot of um, reveals and things. If you haven't seen it, you may want to skip ahead a couple minutes because I'm going to get to spoilers. Um, but, um, but, I mean, you have Tech sacrificing himself. Um, and I mean, you also have the reveal at the very end that, that, um, that Omega has a sister and it's like, what? When that, the scientists revealed that she is also a clone, I'm just like, what is going on? Oh man. It was, it was a great finale and a, a lot of action, a lot of twists and turns and things aren't in a good place. As you said. Um, uh, with Omega being just captured, um, but it was just a great way to end the season. I, I'm just I'm ready for season three. Very excited for season three. I thought that was another uh, top tier Star Wars moment. I I agree. That, like yeah, I touched on it, but that ending is it's brutal. Um, in you know the loss of tech, but then it's also the the surprises they throw at you. Yeah. about you know omega and everything and it's not it's it's nothing out there that feels implausible it just adds another layer of mystery to it that you're like wow and i really got to see how it ends how how it ends now like i really want to know that's a good it's a fantastic pick sir fantastic pick i agree i agree yes and now you're uh number eight number eight uh all right so again this is a whole big thing and that is the rise of the red blade Okay. By Delilah S. Dawson. 
It is. So I know you ha- you have not had the chance to get through it yet, correct? Yes, I I haven't even started it yet. Outside of the High Republic, or even including the High Republic, this is one of the best Star Wars novels in years. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's incredible. What I what I like about it, besides Delilah Dawson's um, writing, which is very powerful, it perfect fits Star Wars on every level, um, is that so many other villain stories that we get portrayed um, in in novels. Now, I have not read um, uh, Plagueis, and I have not read the Darth Bane novels, but I do know if if I'm correct, tell me if I'm wrong, that mm-hmm. they're kind of already bad or villains to begin with. Uh, Bane is not. Bane uh, is not, okay. No. Uh, uh, so I, I definitely highly recommend that as well. Um, and, and so do you mean like, well, Plagueis is, uh, Plagueis, Plagueis yeah. out, uh, he is already like a Sith, uh, in the beginning of the book. So one of what I liked about, so not obviously not Darth Bane, but definitely in the current canon that I, I can't remember and, and uh, feel free to correct me is to to have a novel where we see a true descent into a Sith Lord. Um, or into a Sith, I should say. Or not even a Sith. Let me scratch that. Just a true descent into the dark side. Yeah. Um, what, what I like about the book is that it spends 75% of the time, is Iskat, who's the main character, is a Jedi. 75% of the book, I expect it, especially from the front of the book, you're like, okay... Inquisitor, right as the Red Blade, she's going to be an Inquisitor a lot earlier. and But in fact, the book takes a long time to get to when she's actually an Inquisitor. Um, and it spends a good deal building up this distrust of the Jedi and the war and everything that's happening in her life. And, and also the pain and the turmoil she's going through. It's just a, a fantastically developed character. It's a fantastically developed story. Um, and I just, I couldn't recommend it enough. I think it's one of the best Star Wars novels in years. I think you would love it. I do think you'd love it. Yeah, it sounds like it's right out of my alley. Um, yeah. Um, and um, what what's the other one that Delilah S. Dawson did for? Phasma. Phasma. I love Phasma. That's another one that's really Yeah. Cool. That's one uh, I didn't get to, but I know that you loved. Yeah, Phasma's great. That made me like a fan of the character. Um, but um, Just to have her killed off. Yeah, yeah, which uh, uh, I'm not going to get started. But I know, okay, okay, sorry, so sorry. But um, but yeah, no, I I am excited to get into this as well, uh, especially not knowing it's on your list too. I was wondering if that would be on your list as well. Yeah, um, I had to be. I I just I read it read it in August when it came out, and I just was enthralled. I the whole time I was like, oh my god, this is fantastic. So I had to like speed read it. It was fantastic. I'm also wondering. Um, if you'll have any, because I know you went to Celebration as well. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that will, well, not to spoil your list, but I'm wondering if any of that stuff will you're trying to get You're trying to get little sneaks at my <laughs> list. What are you doing? No, no, no. Too early. People have to be surprised. So do you. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. But I can give you my number seven before you give me your seven and six. I'll give you my number seven. Um... And that is a big moment in Star Wars in general, which I think we all saw coming. And it's not doesn't happen in the pages, but happens in the newsprint. And that is Dave Filoni being promoted to chief creative officer. Oh, nice of Lucasfilm. Yeah, that's a, that's. A- I think that I, I I I if I do say so myself, I'm pretty proud of 
fact that it's on my list, yeah. But it also feels like something that was coming for years on end, right? It's just George Lucas was essentially, even though he gave it over to Kathleen Kennedy when he signed it over to Disney, uh, George Lucas was essentially, you know, his prodigy was Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni, they worked together through the entire Clone Wars. um, And just Dave understands Star Wars like maybe only a few other people in all of Lucasfilm. Yep. And I think that it's a no-brainer. It's it's an, and I I have I have reservations about necessarily like his complete you know taking over something on a complete director side and necessarily writing live action. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it's different than animation. I think he's definitely gotten so much better, and I enjoyed Ahsoka, but I still think there are other things that he's. needs to work and the storytelling and the decisions and these characters that he's creating and then developing it makes so much sense that he's involved in the planning of star wars going forward i think he's fantastic at that i think he understands the world of star wars as good as anyone and it's it's about time you just give him the keys yeah uh, yeah simple as that yeah no i i'm in total agreement um i really i think when it comes to the creative side um, there isn't anyone at Lucasfilm that I trust more than him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I've heard some people throw around, um, throw, uh, uh, Tony Gilroy, um, throw his name, um, to be fair, Andor is so good. Yeah. And Andor is fantastic. Um, I just don't think Tony Gilroy would ever, I think when it comes to like, storytelling for star wars on every level yes because everything goes through him now tony gilroy just wouldn't want that he's like oh yeah i was part of rogue one did that i'm gonna make this the greatest show but i'm gonna you know peace out after that because you know i don't he i just don't think he'd ever be bothered he couldn't he couldn't be bothered he couldn't he couldn't care less yeah i yeah i don't know that he would want to do that um and i don't know that all of star wars would need to look or feel like that. Um, not that he would even do that, but just knowing what he was able to do with this side of Star Wars, I'm comfortable with him working on that. Um, but I think with Dave, like you said, with him being under George and really learning under him and all of that, I'm and, and seeing his work, having seen his work for so long, I think I'm at this point, I'm definitely more comfortable with him being the head of the creative at Lucasfilm. Um, and and Tony Gilroy can come back and is more than welcome to do whatever project yeah. he wants. Because yeah. Andor is one of the best written Star Wars in, in all of Star Wars. It just is. It's one of yeah. the best Star Wars ever. But um, with with Dave, you know, he studied under Lucas, so he understands Star Wars better than anyone. But what's great is he's studying under some of the best filmmakers working. In that, you know, he studied, he was apparently on set for The Last Jedi through, like, the whole thing. And, like, learned a lot about making from Ryan Johnson. Right. And then he was, you know, he's been working with, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank? John Favreau. John, John. Thank you, yeah. John Favreau has been working side-by-side with him on The Mandalorian. He's gotten to see these directors like Rick Famuyiwa and Deborah Chow and, 
you know, Bryce Dallas Howard. And so I think he's got the story stuff and the creative stuff, and he's building his resume on, you know, the live action stuff. And so I, I just think it's the right move. And it gives Star Wars a, a vision and a voice that can oversee things and make sure everything's kind of good. I don't think, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to be a masterful producer like Kevin Feige. That's, you know, for, what, for whatever we want to say about Marvel and its current state, and I'm not as down on it as most other people, uh, there's no denying the brilliance of someone like Feige in bringing this universe together over the past 15 years. Right. Um, and, but I don't think we need that necessarily for, for Star Wars. Star Wars doesn't need to be the output that, that the MCU is. But I, I just, having those projects and having him there at the inception to make sure it's just the right feel, right tone, right, right everything... I think it's the it's the correct decision. I I uh, totally agree. I'm I'm 100% in agreement. All right, sir. Your number seven and six, if I'm correct. Yes. So my number seven is uh, from the Tales of Light and Life. It is. Oh, uh, fist has no claws by Tessa Gratt. Oh my. Yeah, didn't I send you a message about this? I believe I, sent you, I, I believe I did. Yeah, um, yeah, that was fantastic. That was to me oh, that's far and away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was far and away the best part of. And I didn't even dislike the others, but I think that far and away that was the best um, of the of the short of the short stories in uh, Tales of Light and Life. And that's the only High Republic um, written High Republic thing that made my list, which I guess is a bit also a bit of a spoiler. But um, but yeah, that to me was a highlight kind of 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 this kind of phase was just because my I guess my excitement in this phase of High Republic was seeing the bridge between that and then the Nile. And that's really what that was, was seeing Marta Rowe and seeing her become that bridge into what the Nile are in phases one and three. So, yeah. Um, and it was, and it was like a very scattered, it, it, it was, it was, the information was conveyed in, in the, in like a scattered way. And like, like you're seeing it through Marta Rose's scattered mind, you know, it was really good. It was really good. Really, really good. Definitely a highlight uh, for uh, me uh, for Star Wars in 2023. So that definitely had to make my list. As I, I just think, like I said, I dropped the book, messaged you immediately after finishing reading, reading it, because I think it's, it's a phenomenal piece of storytelling. Tessa Grattan yeah. puts together just on its own merit, writing its phenomenal storytelling, beginning to end this uh, almost letter that Marta Rowe is penning. Yep. to you know her successor to her you know her her down the line um and i i one of the first things you notice is that it's all in like first person yep. it's being written as letter as first person and that just does not happen much in star wars writing it doesn't there's a handful of other instances even when it's an individual or personal story being told or one character's point of view which most star wars isn't right most star wars books incorporate yep. multiple point of views and so you can't even do first person. But even the ones that do, like Rise of the Red Blade, 
is is one point of view, but it's not first person. It's still in third person. And so first, that caught my eye immediately as I started reading. And then, like you said, that link between phase two and, you know, phase one, phase three, whatever you want to say, but that link between the 150 years ago, Marta Rowe, and the path, and Gaze Electric, and then the Nile that we know under Marquion Rowe, you know, you after the end of phase two, before Tales of, of Light and Life, you could have you put it you could put a you could fill in the blanks a little bit in your head if you wanted to, right? If you really thought about it, you're like, okay, I could see how she would do this and she left very angry and she's got this thing against a Jedi and maybe she kinda of passed it down and she just stopped. But to really see her dive deeper into the darkness, look out for herself, this you know, hatred of the Jedi is still there. And uh, and the the brutality that escalates as she you know as she grows and as as her group grows and I I, I just and you know things that started happening at the end of phase two like the lines of the path of the open hand being drawn down the left forehead as opposed to you know across and so that's how you know it became like the the Nile storm um, lightning storms you know and I I, I thought wow this is this it was just amazing. You're right. There, I think there are some great stories in Tales of Light and Life. I they're particularly like the one by Lydia Kang um, about Amadeo um, at oh, yeah. the end yeah. of that one about the nightlife on Coruscant as a Padawan. I thought that was fantastic. I really like that. But yeah, no, it is I think the best of those short stories. Fantastic pick. I completely agree. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that couldn't that could not be on my list. Um, yeah, but my number six um, is another Jedi Survivor moment. So for me, this uh, is the moment when Cal first finds Dagon Gera and releases him. That is my number six, and then fights him. Um, that for me yeah. was also a pretty hype moment for me. Um, you know, as someone that was, you know, had an idea that, okay, this is, this is, this, because for me, that was the first kind of, like, very significant, wow, okay, this is, like, real, in terms of, like, this being a High Republic story um, in Jedi Survivor, featuring a High Republic Jedi, or Fallen Jedi, I guess, in this case. And this was, I, I, that's another one where I thought it was so, well executed and then of course it was even be- even better executed in terms of finding out uh well, you know why he was put out he was you know he was kind of suspended uh in, in this kind of suspended state um and everything later on um but seeing just the the kind of the the battle between the modern jedi and then this high republic jedi and then seeing the vast difference in the power and um, and just the shock of it, just the shock of it. That still, that was another kind of jaw dropping moment for me. I'm like, wow, this is. At that point, I was also sold. I was like, nope, this is this is top tier. Also top tier Star Wars. I want more. I immediately was like, Dagengara is the guy for me. I got to see more of what is going on. Um, so that for me is my number six. I I we have a. A very similar uh, number six. Um, so I can just uh, you did you did your seven and six. Am I correct? Yes. 
That was seven. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I'll just go right into it because I can just kind of what a great segue, Shamari. We totally didn't plan this whatsoever. Um, my number six is Jedi Survivor in general. Okay. Um, I think the whole the whole release of the game, because, God, damn, what a good game! Just, what oh, yeah. a f- fantastic game, a fantastic very experience, upset. fantastic story. Game, yeah, I'm very upset that it, it did not. It wasn't anywhere to be found in the game. Of I I don't know how it was completely overlooked. I I look at a lot of these games. There was. I I only think oh is it because it was such an early release right it was oh, yeah. those things that always happen which is how it happens in in most like like the Oscars also you know a a movie could be released in the first five months that could be one of the best of the year but unfortunately come you know October November Oscar voting time and people have completely forgotten about it yeah. so unfortunately that could be the case but Jedi Survivor is a completely polished experience from top to bottom. It is takes everything that was great about Fallen Order and just made it better. Traversal is better. I think the story is is tighter and fantastic and travels so many different places. The characters are fantastic. The additions were great to the cast. Um, developments between characters were fantastic. You had some incredible moments, right? We talked about the Seer versus Vader fight, right? And yeah, the Cal versus... It's some of the best fights in all of Star Wars, and I love from a g- gameplay gameplay perspective, right? The whole game, it ups lightsaber stuff. It's all it's all incredible and and detail oriented and fantastic. But it this this Dagangara reveal, and then this turn to make the higher public not just not just something to throw away or, or a little Easter egg. No, the higher public's like a genuine story motivating point like it, it is in an, an entire part of the story it's the main highlight of the story everything ties into that era and what happened with dag and Gera. and the fact that they would pivot to that so and and reliving parts like the higher public was just in books but now to see it really being folded into the rest of the galaxy and the history popping up and then creating more stories from that time, right? Because while we're experiencing the High Republic story now, it's a very singular story. The High Republic era is not just the four years that we spend with, you know, during the, obviously we got the phase two stuff that's 150 years before, and then the couple years that over the the Nile and Markeon Rose rule in every hundreds of years and of course there are so many other things and so many other stories and that era is ripe for storytelling and to see it folded in here and to get a complete story um that was it was it was it was just so well done and survivor in general i think is uh some of the best star wars this year for sure so that's why Uh, it's number six on my list absolutely yeah totally yeah i i you know, I 100% agree. I, I'm not gonna. I, no reason for me to even kind of go back into it, but it's a fantastic game, as you said. Um, and I'm hoping, recommend it. Um, yeah, highly. highly recommend it. And I do think that I just think with the at the rate they're going, the third one, which it's going to be a trilogy, by all by all means, it's going to be a fantastic end to the story. Uh, it's a cow story, whatever wherever they go with it, um, it's mm-hmm. going to be a great. 
it's going to be fantastic. So I, I have my hopes very high. Um, like we said earlier, Star Wars is always in good hands and so much to look forward to. But Star Wars video games right now, really good hands. And Respawn is putting out some banger stuff. Um, all right, so that's my number six, Jedi Survivor. Moving down to my number five. So we're in our top five officially. Uh, oh, moving down to number five. I don't know where... You didn't do big moments. You did specific stuff. But uh, my number five is just the premiere of the Ahsoka show. Okay. Um, rarely in all the past, I would say since Rise of Skywalker, have we had a moment where I think all of the Star Wars fans, and not maybe not the complete public zeitgeist, but a little bit of the public and the mainstream fans, but all Star Wars fans, were very united and pumped for a single thing to premiere. Um, and people were excited for this. Clone Wars fans, Rebels fans. Ahsoka had, before the show, become one of the best... One of the best characters in Star Wars. And one of them, when that trailer first drops at Celebration, and we're all clamoring for it, and it's amazing. When you know that it's going to be essentially Rebel Season 5, but that's okay because we get to see these characters in live action. We get to continue those stories and figure out what happens. All of the things that were going to happen, the return of Thrawn, you know, the search for Ezra, all of it, we were promised. And... For the most part, the show delivers, and so that's another that's another story that's another thing we could talk about. But just the the hype leading up to this show, it's been a while since like the Mandalorian that we've had um, anything to be as hyped, in my opinion. And it just was a moment that I had multiple people talking about. You know, you and I. I had another friend who was so excited for it. Um, and it was just it. Great moment to be a part of. So, just the premiere of Ahsoka in general, and to enter that, to enter our Star Wars sphere, um, it makes it my uh, number five moment. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I can't disagree with that either. I mean, Ahsoka is is. Uh, um, I mean, I thought it was great, and the premiere itself was also. Um, I agreed. For me, it was. It was a complete a hundred thousand percent appointment television. Could not miss once it's out. You know, it's just there's nothing else going on. There's everything else is off. Everything else is shut off. I'm <laughs> I am just watching Ahsoka. That was- no, but that that's the thing. We haven't had like it's been a while. There are a couple shows that come out, but there are not so many anymore that feel I I have to tune in when it airs. You know, and obviously I had trouble doing that here because I'm five hours ahead, so it didn't premiere here until two in the morning. So I couldn't. But it was the thing I'd wake up and watch the next day, and that was it. Like, I just was glued to my television. It's You're right. It's appointment television. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that is my number five. Sir, you're five and four. Yeah, so my number five is um, an episode of Bad Batch Season 2, the episode called The Outpost. Um, is when uh, uh, when Crosshair is sent on a mission um, to help some, uh, basically a, a stormtrooper uh, group. Um, uh, but of course, uh, they're all clone troopers. Um, 
and uh, they end up uh, getting in trouble. There's like a rebel, not necessarily rebels, but there's like a there's like a uh, kind of like a, re a rebellion going on, a rebel group on this wintry planet. And Crosshair ends up basically having to choose between whether he's going to help uh, the other troopers or listen to his commanding officer. And uh, boy, this is top, top, top tier Star Wars. I'm watching this and I am just, I'm just, uh, you know, I haven't I, like that's one of those where I was like, I haven't had my eyes glued to the, <laughs> glued to the TV watching any kind of animated Star Wars like that since Clone Wars season seven, basically. Um, and it was, yeah, that was better than I think all of Mandalorian season three. Um, and it was. It was just, again, just adding so much, like in such in one episode, it can add so much to, it can say so much with being like in the totality of it being so little content. But it's just like, no, this is why um, this is why it's important for a crosshair to 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 not just follow orders. <laughs> you know? That's why it's not just um, being a good soldier doesn't isn't just about following orders. Um, it was it was just really really good, um, very good episode. Um, uh, so that was my number five was the outpost. Yeah, that is one of the standout moments of season two for sure. And I think the crosshair stuff. Um, you know, you see him struggling with following orders and not following orders the whole first season and then second season, but that. That was, oh, it was hard hitting. It was emotional, you know, for a character that I always liked, but to, I got so emotionally invested yep. watching that episode. Um, I think it's some of the best Star Wars, you're right, in, in, in general, definitely better than like all of Mandalorian season three. Hard agree. That is a fantastic choice there. Yeah, no, I had to put that one on um, for number five and my number four is uh bode's uh betrayal in jedi survivor mm -hmm. um, so that moment was one that in hindsight oh, how did i how didn't i see that coming oh my uh, god we're on the same page yeah in hindsight and at first i thought he was going to betray i'm like oh, okay this see this guy's gonna be a traitor but he gained my trust through the game yeah. i was like no this is this is bode was just he was just a guy, a guy on the team and when everything's done and you turn around and he has, you know, the gun to Cordova and you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh. And then he shoots Cordova and then, oh, my God. And that was just it's crazy. And then and then and then on top of that, he reveals to, he's a force user. He's a Jedi. And it's like, oh, my God. And I, I don't know how I didn't see it coming either. I it, yeah. it, it feels like on retrospect, all the signs should have been there. But like you, you just gained my trust. Yep. By 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 the time you get to his reveal, like ninety percent into the game, I'm like, oh my god! Like I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great addition to the cast. I think he's a great teammate. They really seem to develop a connection. Him and Cal, and then. And then the twist happens. I'm like, oh my god, how did I not see it coming? 
it's it's really well done, and he's a great character too. Yeah, he is. He's a fantastic character. That's a betrayal that I feel like would have played really well on TV too. If this were on some kind of yeah. like any of the Star Wars shows, that would have been fantastic. But um, but yeah, especially with the especially with his daughter. Yes, and yeah, and everything happening with that. I I agree. I think it would have made for some fantastic television and would have gone over really well. Yeah, yeah. So so that was. Um, yeah, that was something else. So that, uh, moment, um, so just kind of, um, yeah, Bode, Bode betraying, uh, the, um, uh, betraying the team, the Mantis crew and, and Jedi Survivor. That for me is, uh, my number, my number four. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. All right. My number four is just the return. Oh, I say return the start of phase three of the High Republic. Okay. Yeah. I I've just been oh like I liked phase two, but phase two never reached the heights of phase one for me. And there could be a ton of different reasons, but I just think what I really got invested in, and phase two has some great stories that I end up getting invested in more than I thought I would. But what I really emotionally got invested in, what I sat down completely unprepared for was phase one of the High Republic. All of these different characters, Avar, Stellan, Elzar, Bell, Briaga, Por- yep. you know, Porter, all of these different characters, you know, everyone, Leox and Geode and Affy and all, everyone that we've met in that wreath and, and Comac and Orla, oh, rest in peace, everyone that I got so connected to and attached to in that first season is what really kept me coming back over and over again. Obviously, the great storytelling is up there, but those characters that I invested in. And so, to see their return, um, you know, over a year later is exciting. It's it's what I've been waiting for. We got a little bit of a palette, a little bit of a taste in Tales of Light and Light a couple months ago. Um, and then now, the full release of Eye of Dark Niche, which, the only spoiler I'm going to give is it's amazing. It's just a fantastic look. I mean, you already mentioned a fantastic, a moment from that, yep. um, which will, you know, I think stick with a lot of people. The whole book is fantastic. Um, and it's a great way to kick off this next phase, which will last longer. Than going well into out the releases, um, which I think is good, actually. Um, even when I want, even when I finish a book and I want new Star Wars, I think it's really good that instead of it being a new release every month, that we now have like two months in between each release, and it's like two months until the middle grade novel, so we'll get that in January, and then another two months until the young adult novel, and then another break until. So they've made it so that people can really, everyone can enjoy the stories without having to lose track and fall behind. But yeah, just the beginning of Phase 3, the return to those characters and those stories that we were left a cliffhanger with. Left on a cliffhanger at the end of Phase 1, after the fall of Starlight. And the new comic series has been really good, Shadows of Starlight, by Charles Soule, has been really good. Um, filling in the gaps of the year that takes place between Phase 1 and Phase 3. Uh, as well as the, um, the, the High Republic comic by Kevin Scott, yeah. just started up again, which is, of course, fantastic. It's only been one issue. Issue two comes out next week. Um, and there's been three issues out so far of Shadows Starlight. So I suggest giving those a read. And Adventures also dropped uh, last week, but I did not get to that one yet. Um, 
But it's all sitting in my, I would say Comixology, but that app was just officially decommissioned. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it really hurts my soul. Um, everything now just shows up in your Kindle. As a whole, I can go on a whole big rant about that. That really, really, just, it just really burns, man. It burns. But neither here nor there. Um, phase number four. Uh, my number three is uh, Star Wars Celebration. Nice. Star Wars Celebration. I can't, I can't, I think I, it would have always been on there because Celebration is just a fantastic time of the year. I love discussing Celebration with you, of course, you know, talking about it on our podcast, on our show. Uh, deals and the books that are revealed and shows and all this stuff and trailers that drop. So Celebration is always a high point of the year. Um, but then I went, you know, I, I, I happened to be visiting, you know, my wife. Um, she luckily coincided with the weekend that celebration's going on. And I go, there's no way this is the bucket list item. There's no way I can miss this. And I go, and it's just one of the best experiences of this year of my life as a star Wars fan. Um, and, you know, there are other things from that I will talk about that I want to talk about, but going to the higher public panel was a, also rig, real big life. So I'm tying that together in my number three. The higher public panel was, oh, was it, it was incredible to see those authors, to hear them talk about the, the stories that we love and the moments that we love and to see the love from everyone else. It's a huge phenomenon, the high republic. Um, it, it's definitely just a top moment for me. So yeah, number three oh, is celebration in general. Oh yeah. And I, I knew it had to be on the list because that's too big of a moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. One it's of these a, days yeah. one of these days I'm gonna make it out. <laughs> I just I just don't even know how to top it at this point in terms of my Star Wars fandom. And I'm hoping to go in twenty twenty five um to the one in Japan. Yes. Um, but, it, you know, and we're hoping to also make a trip out of it. My wife and I hoping to make a trip out of it. So, like, you know, if you're out there, might as well see Japan. Um, but that's obviously, you know, that's always finance depending and, and time off yes. from work. And there's so much other stuff. And it's very expensive. It's really expensive to go to Japan. Yeah. So, um, all up in the air. But I'm glad I did finally get to go once. I can say I've gone to celebration in my life. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a bucket list for sure. Yeah, um, ticked off that item. All right, your number, if I'm correct, your number three and your number two. Yeah, so my number three and my number two. Uh, so my number three, and they'll kind of they'll kind of flow into each other. Um, so my number three is Ezra's reveal in Ahsoka. Mm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that boy that got me emotional. Um, we hadn't. Because seeing Ezra in live action is one of those things that, you know, you want to see, but you don't know if you'll ever see it. You're just like, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you will see it one day, but like, who knows? Um, but the more um, the more power Dave Filoni seemed to get in Lucasfilm, the more you're like, well, maybe <laughs> you know? you're like, well, I mean, he's working on the Mandalorian. I mean, maybe if they'll listen to what he says, I mean, he can get it. And then he's working on his own show, and it's like, okay, all right, here we. Yeah, it's really possible that we see Ezra somewhere, and then we get the rest. We know we're getting the rest of the Ghost Crew 
for the most part, out, outside of Zeb, which is a whole other conversation. Um, but we know we're getting the rest of the Ghost crew here in, in and Kanan, of course, but we know why you make it, in, in uh, Ahsoka. But there's Ezra is just, you know, in a hologram, you know, but that's like all we know. It's like, no, he's definitely going to be in it. He has to be in it. And, you know, I'm having discussions with, uh, you know, my brother and, and stuff about, it. And, and, you know, what, how are we going to see him? Are we going to see him? When are we going to see him? Is it just going to be at the end of the show? Is it just going to be in some post-credits thing? Is it going to be hinted at? Is it just, or are we, is he going to be in the first episode? Like, we don't know if or when he's going to show up. And then he finally shows up. And he is just, in my opinion, perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> checks every single box for me of what I would want and expect from Ezra Bridger at this stage. Um, and again, just for me, just, just the, the nail in the coffin of why Filoni, I think, should be kind of running the ship, so to speak, of the creative of, of what's going on. Because he showed up, the, 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 it was perfect how he showed up, and it was just, it was great. It was great. It was perfect casting, perfect everything. I just so that is my number three moment. Uh, I, as, for somebody who had issues with the way the other Ghost Crew characters were portrayed, um, I didn't. I thought I thought Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera. I thought she was fine. She just yeah. also wasn't given in a lot of material. Right. Um, she right. was sidelined and she was relegated for the most part um, mm-hmm. to to backup stuff and organizing troops and i'm mean, not troops but like trying to get the republic to listen and then um but uh i didn't i didn't love uh the portrayal of sabine, sabine. by natasha lou bordizzo mm-hmm. um i struggled i you know I, I think she has great moments and i think it's not necessarily her acting but maybe just trying to embody a character that we've seen in so many different ways and we have uh you know this image of them in our brain of how they should act and they should be, maybe that's a little bit of a, a little bit of cognitive dissonance, which is fine. And I can admit that I had the same thing with Ahsoka. Um, I didn't love, I think there are flashes of it, but I don't love Rosario's performance. I think it just falls flat and it might be some of the writing as well. I think some of the writing falls flat a little bit for those characters, but the one person who I expected not to, cause I don't, I don't care about Ezra. Like I didn't care about Ezra much. Mm-hmm. I had told you this before. I've told everyone I can speak to you because I don't know how to shut up sometimes. I just didn't love Ezra as a character. Ezra felt very much like the youngest part of Rebels. Like if there was a character that felt like, you know, the biggest connection to, you know, the young audience, which it, which you always need, which I appreciate the presence of that character, but felt like the youngest part of Rebels. And I just didn't, just, I just didn't care much. I enjoyed his interaction with certain characters, with Kanan, but I more loved the characters around him than I loved him. I loved Kanan, loved Sabine, loved Hera, loved the whole Ghost crew, um, and Zeb too, but, you know, poor poor Zeb stuck in the Outer Rim. Um, the, <laughs> but I thought, um, what's his name? Es- Iman Esfandi yes. played... The per- pitch... Perfect. I thought he was the best one in the entire of the entire cast in terms of their character of translation from uh, uh, animation to live action. Pitch perfect. I loved the way that he greeted Sabine. I loved the way 
that he interacted with her. I loved his little bit of quips. I loved, it just felt like Ezra, but also felt like a grown-up version. And I thought it didn't feel forced or flat at all. He brought so much life to the character that I think it just, it made the whole reveal go down really well. Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, his casting was, just, oh boy. Again, just perfect. perfection, just chef's, chef's kiss perfection. Um, I was, I was, and I was, I was a little dubious when we saw on the hologram and he's repeating that message and I go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Especially when you I see him in, old, in his old costume and he's like, hmm, okay, well. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. It's supposed to be, you know, it looks like a, you know, a 14-year-old, 15-year-old. And then you're like, oh, but then, oh. Absolutely perfect. I really yeah. was surprised. I was surprised, but so pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was wonderful. So that's my number three. Uh, my number two. All right, sir. For, yeah. Well, do you want my number two? Or are we just gonna? Are we, yeah, uh, you do. Yeah, you do your number two, and then I'll do number number two, and then I'm curious if our number one is the same. But I need to hear your number okay. two first. Yeah. My so my number two is Thrawn's reveal in Ahsoka. Okay. Yes. So. Thrawn's reveal in Ahsoka was also um, that one didn't get me emotional. I just got so hyped. I was so it was perfect. It was perfect from you see the Chimera. They're just on the planet. They're like, where's Thrawn? And oh, there's the Chimera right above my head. And I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> this is really happening. And it just takes you through, and I, I just in my head went through all the Thrawn novels, into Rebels, and then into right into this show, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is great. And then he shows up, and all these stormtroopers are around, and then Enoch is around, who's also kind of a mystery to me, but Enoch is around, and then Thrawn shows up, and he just looks like Thrawn, and he talks like Thrawn, and it's it's. Um, it is Lars Mikkelsen, and it's great. It's it was it was great how he showed up. It was it was again wonderfully done, um, expertly done. Got me. I was just strapped in, buckle in, and just ready to enjoy Thrawn in this series. And I did. I very much enjoyed Thrawn in Ahsoka. Um, um, so yeah. So that's for me. That's my number two. I I hard 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 agree man i think it is first off the best thing the show ever could have done was to keep lars milson yep, yep as uh to translation from voice actor to full-on embodied actor and i could first off the voice and we, it was always it was already the perfect voice mm -hmm. in in rebels but talk about like it completely it completely translates to the to the live action screen. Like I am every time he talks, I'm just on the edge of my seat. He's yep. it's menacing. It's calculating. It's so well done. It's so powerful. The chimera, all of it, the reveal of Thrawn had all of the, like all of the pomp and circumstance you would want it to have it. Like it should feel like a big moment for this character who is supposed to be and hope I, and I'm really hoping, um, you know when they when they go further and they develop the 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 net, what I think is obviously you know what is Dave Filoni's movie. Um, I really hope that they portray him as the the complete villain that he is, like the the powerhouse force to be reckoned with that Thrawn is. Um, and that moment is, yep, 
it's it's just pitch perfect. Again, it's pitch perfect. It's one of the best parts of Ahsoka, hands down. Hands down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, all right. Yeah. My number two, before we go to our number ones, my number two is the announcement of new films. Okay. Uh, at so tying in my three, my number two to my number three is I am clam. We we're getting a lot of great Star Wars content, books, shows, you know, all across the board. Video games, really, just getting. We're very lucky, Star Wars fans, at the moment. But nothing compares to that theater experience. Nothing. Nothing. Mm -mm. Nothing. Nothing like a Star Wars movie. And it's been four years now. Like this month is the four is the four year anniversary since Rise of Skywalker, which in itself is obviously much derided and a lot of people don't like, and Mew and I are not fans of either. But at the very least, like it's Star Wars on the big screen. There's still a certain magic that comes with that comes with that. And we haven't had that in a long time. We've had great moments. We've had shows and Mandalorian's premiere in 2019 and season two is fantastic. Ahsoka, um, Andor, Obi-Wan, video games, the higher Republic, such great Star Wars, but nothing compares to the movies. And we've had movie announcements over the past, you know, during the time of the trilogy and then even in the years since, right? The Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie that was scrapped. Um, the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie, scrapped. David and Benioff and D.B. Weiss coming over from Game of Thrones, scrapped. Ryan Johnson, Taiki Watiti, who's technically still working on his, but, like, who knows if we'll ever see the light of day, right? The Ryan Johnson trilogy that doesn't seem to be scrapped, but probably won't right. get for 10 years if he's still involved because he just has so many other things going on. And he's really focused on his, um, on the Knives Out, Knives Out. Uh, yeah, which are fantastic movies, oh, so... Yeah. Um, love Ryan Johnson, and again, one of the best directors to work on Star Wars ever. But um, we haven't had a Star Wars movie in a long time. Actually, getting it, and these three movies that are happening, one I'm still a little dubious on, but I really want, and then the other two I know are going to happen. And those are the three movies that were announced: are the Dawn of the Jedi movie from James Mangold, mm-hmm. the Dave Filoni, everything tied together, this post-Return of the Jedi um, universe that has been set up uh, between Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and Skeleton Crew, which is supposed to come out next year. All of that coming together into a movie. And then, of course, the, I guess you can call it the New Age of the Jedi, whatever you want to call it, the 15 years post-Rise of Skywalker Mm -hmm. Star Wars, that with Daisy Ridley. Um, I... I'm incredible. I'm incredibly excited for all three of these movies. Um, now, Dawn of the Jedi, after the performance of Indiana Jones, I am. I don't think they're going to walk back on it, but I think it's going to take the most time to develop. And so, if there were, if there were going to be three movies that I thought, if, of the three, if there was going to be a movie that I thought might not happen, it's that one, which is unfortunate because I really, really want to see it desperately. And I loved Logan. I didn't see Indiana Jones, um, but I loved Logan. But by all accounts, Indiana Jones wasn't bad. It just was the, didn't hit well at the box office. Right. Um, but by all accounts, it was good. Did you see it? No, I did not, actually. No. I didn't get to it either. I believe it's coming at Disney. Is it on Disney Plus yet? It is this month or it's coming at some point soon. 
um, but I haven't gotten to it. So that's one of the ones I'm most excited for. The other two are almost definitely happening. Uh, the Dave Filoni is obviously building up to a big culmination event, which I am here for. And it only makes sense that it come to the big screen, even if it doesn't make the box office numbers because it requires so much, I think, extra viewing. Um, having been invested in the TV side of things, I think that's just naturally going to be a little bit of a draw, whereas a new story can be just, oh, Star Wars, and you get the magic words when there's homework to be done. People might stay away. But Daisy Ridley's um, post-Rise of Skywalker movie is like a 99% go. It's apparently supposed to start filming in June um, in, here in the UK. And that, it's like, that's, that is, that's, that's, the closest we've gotten to Star Wars actually starting back up on the big screen again. And I am, I'm here for it. Give it, let it be a great story. I like Daisy Ridley as Rey. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I have faith. I have faith in them now because I think they learned their lesson. I think they've learned their lesson from the sequel trilogy and they have righted the ship. They got Dave Filoni in charge and in, in the creative side. Um, most of the shows have been good, right? They're, here and there, Mando season three, Book of Boba Fett. But for the most part, most of the Star Wars released, I think, since Rise of Skywalker has been really good for the most part. And so I think they're on the right track. They know what they're doing. They're getting the right people in. I think Days of Ridley's coming back. I am really excited for to see Star Wars on the big screen again. Yeah, that's no. my number two. Yeah, no, that's a great number two. Um, I am as well. I mean, I'm really excited to see Star Wars on the big screen as well. Um, very excited for. Um, I mean, if it's Star Wars and it's on the big screen, I'm gonna go see it. Um, and I am. I will say, I'm not quite as excited about the the Ray movie. Um, I am just. I'm just tepid, you know, just because of the 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 last thing I saw Ray in was the Rise of Skywalker, and that just was so yeah. disappointing to me. So, but, um, I mean, if they can, I haven't seen anything from the director, so I'm also very much coming in blind. I mean, I'm hoping that it's good. Um, uh, what didn't she do? Um, I, I keep going because I can't remember who it is. Yeah, I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that it's good. Um, but I, you know, I really don't have anything else to really go off of. So, um, I mean, I, the only thing that, that I'm wondering is um, is how they'll connect it to everything else that we've been seeing, or are they just going to... Because uh, one kind of uh, theory that I have is that uh, is that Grogu may make an appearance. That's that's just my hidden personal theory, is that if Ray's really going to be starting some kind of school, if Grogu was like in hiding throughout this entire sequel trilogy saga, then maybe Grogu's a part of the school. I mean, I don't know. So that's something that I was that I was always thinking about, but um, but yeah, I mean we'll have to see. We'll we'll uh, see. But I am excited for, to see all three of them, though. So uh, so it is being directed by Charmaine Obey Chinoy, and uh, she was a one of the directors on Miss Marvel. So um, um, okay, which which was in my opinion one of the more underrated uh, Marvel shows, um, as well on Disney Plus. I love Loved Miss Marvel. So I, it's just like I said, man. It's just exciting to have Star Wars on the big screen again, and to have that experience and be seated, be in that seat, to have that clamor to get tickets. 
Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Absolutely. Um, okay. I I think our number ones are the same. I yeah, like I think they maybe as well. If I had to, if I had to put uh, money on it, like <laughs> I'm at a betting person because I love money too much to do to to be so. But if I had to put money on it, I would say that our I, number one is. Or I'll put it this way: I'd be surprised if this wasn't anywhere on your list. If this just didn't come up, it, that's, up. and then same with you. <laughs> and if this was not on your list, knowing the type of fans that we are. If this was not on either of our lists, it would be very surprising to the other person. So I will, uh, how about I give you the honors? Because I think it's the same one. So I'm going to, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give a a light little uh, drum roll. Maybe I'll add a little drum roll uh, music while I'm doing this. Drum roll, please. Um, I'm going to give you the honors of announcing our dual number one moment in Star Wars in 2023. Drum roll. Go ahead, sir. All, All right. yours. Uh, so, which and I'm sure you already guessed it by now, but the least least kept secret. Uh, my favorite moment of Star Wars 2023 is, of course, you have your Anakin uh, uh, Clone Wars flashback. And it's surprise, surprise. That's the, my favorite moment. Of course, that's my favorite moment. Of course, that's my favorite moment. So you have that. Plus, just their whole interaction in what would appear to be the world between worlds, and it's just yeah, that is far and away my, my, the best moment. The return me. of Hayden Christensen, man, I oh. am so here for it. Oh my god, he was so good. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. I was jaw on the floor watching that. Um, it's it's one of those things. I feel like we could talk about this episode. Specifically, just episode yeah. five yeah. of Ahsoka for two hours. Cause so much to go into from his performance to the world between worlds and the message it was trying to send, and he was trying to impart to Ahsoka. Oh my God! But Hayden Christensen's return as Anakin, man. Yeah, he was so good, and it's like it's like he never left, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, like, it's literally one of those things. I'm sitting here, I'm just like, man, I feel like I'm just. I feel like I'm in the theater again. I feel like I'm in the theater again, watching him. I felt 10 again. I felt 10 again. Yes. Like I'm watching him again on the big screen, but new. And I'm like, oh, this is incredible. This is incredible. I have not rewatched a single like Star Wars thing since, you know, outside of the movies. When it comes to any of the shows or episodes, I've not rewatched a single episode of anything. I've been like, oh my God, this is so good. I got to see it again before I see it next week. I did with episode five. Yep. No. Because it was just that good. It was so good. It was so good. I, blown away. I, from the the de aging was fantastic. By the way. Yeah, that uh, worked so well. I was. I'm really still a little upset they didn't do the same thing for Obi Wan. I. Um, I. Me too. Oh yeah, me too. I think you. I. There was no reason you could have. I. It. I don't know what their reasoning was. And there, of course, there are going to be pundits on both sides. You're like, oh, you know, right. didn't like it. And then don't like it here, blah, blah, blah. Why couldn't they get it right? Whatever the reason may be, I want to focus on the positive in that it was fantastic here. Yeah. It was seamless. It was perfect. It did not tilt over. It did feel like I was 10 again watching Revenge of the Sith. That's what it felt like seeing him on the screen. Oh, my God. The Clone Wars, the, the flat. Back the plays a young Ahsoka, um, and we see that the battle is yes. just beautifully shot. And also, 
this is the first episode that I also said. I know the moment is about Hayden um, Christensen, but I do want to say, like, kudos to Dave Filoni, who directed the episode. Yes. And which is by and far my favorite episode that he's directed. That's Star Wars. He's done both seasons, Mandalorian and whatnot. But this was incredible. Top to bottom. I, I just I felt like a kid again. That's just that's like the big takeaway from this number one moment. Right. And that's what it should be with Star Wars. I felt like a kid again. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. It was just it. It. Like I saw him and they were the reveal from the previous episode was also a big moment for me at the end of the previous episode when they revealed that he was there. And I was already I was already flipping out. But then to see the episode and it was them most of the episode, it was just them in. The, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, it blew me clouds. away. It brought me like near I near to tears. Yeah, I thought if yeah. not like crying, which is not. Anyone who knows me, I think, knows I, think I was. Not exactly I think I was. But I'm, I, I'm almost positive I was also in tears. Yeah. I think it was just so overwhelming. It was emotionally overwhelming, um, to see him on this. Yeah, I couldn't believe it again. Love that he's getting the love that he's rightfully getting. He gets so he got so much yes. flack after the prequel trilogy, and he was like essentially booted out of Star Wars by Star Wars fans from haters of the prequels. And you and I have always been prequelists. We have, you know, even that is an exclusionary term, but you and I just have always been fans of the prequels. And I've always loved, I, he's a little bit flat in Attack of the Clones. It's true. It's not the greatest acting. Um, But one of my favorite Star Wars moments in all of Star Wars, by the way, is from Attack of the Clones, um, which we can talk about at a separate point. But he, I think, redeems and is really good in Revenge of the Sith. And I, I got so much flack for what I think is more bad directing and bad writing than it is bad acting. And I, just to see the overwhelming... It's like, you know, Star Wars, right now, the biggest fans of Star Wars, the vocal ones, the people who are really out there supporting showing up, are the people who grew up with the prequels. Yep. Like, this is that time. This is our time. The ones that grew up with the prequels, and we love the original trilogy, yeah. right? They're fantastic. Yeah. Love most, you know, and mo- like most of the new stuff, right? We always, we always will. We're we're Star Wars fans through and through, not yeah. just a fan of an era, but we're Star Wars fans through and through. But we were fans of the prequels, like that's what we grew up with. That was our introduction to Star Wars for the most part. I was shown, like, we were shown the other ones as well as watching that. But like, that's what we grew up with. Those were the first theater experiences we had for Star Wars. It's our time now. Those are the fans who are making the most noise. Those are the ones that are really clamoring on to all these projects. So it's just been, it's been beautiful to see him embraced and loved and get rightful attention that he deserves. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I got emotional even just watching the celebration stream. And you may have been there. Yeah. But when yeah. he when he was on the stage and they just, just it was just a constant standing ovation. And just seeing him get emotional, and I'm like, deafening applause. And it was is it's it's it was a it's a beautiful thing to see, and it's long overdue, but at least it's finally happening. And did you hear that he's apparently also uh, he just re-signed with his old um, uh, acting agency? Oh, good. So he might be returning like a a broader return to acting beyond just Star Wars. I think it's fantastic. I mean, he's not a bad actor. I loved Jumper. Uh, Yeah, I I ever saw Jumper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's fantastic. And he's not, again, he's not a bad actor. I just think you have to give it, he, he, unfortunately, prequels, he was working with a bad script. 
but uh, he's he i'm just so so happy so for so many reasons our worries and for hating christensen and then for us as kids right that that just it just it's mm-hmm. it's got to be our number one moment of the year for star wars it's got to be absolutely oh man this has been this has been fun this has been a lot of fun i've really i've really enjoyed this oh, uh yeah. so that yeah. this this was our everybody listening you have made it through congrats to the end of our top 10 moments in star wars in 2023 um yeah this was a ton of i always i always enjoy doing top 10 lists with you we get, we get a little bit of surprise we get lists that are usually pretty very different pretty very different wow okay um and we get just it it's just a good conversation so i'm glad i'm glad we uh, came up with this idea and i think it's a great way to head into 2024 absolutely yeah we get to start off a another new year of star wars another um, new year of star wars which is always fun like i said before we started the show i can't believe we've been doing this for three years but Yep. Time flies, and and we've got a lot of Star Wars to look forward to. Uh, so before I before I sign us off, um, is there anything you would like to add? And then of course, plug. Um, uh, nothing I like to add. I mean, just you know, good to have you back. Obviously, you know, we'll be ready to uh, ready to do some more, uh, ready to do some more shows, and and um. You know, we'll you know, subject to of course both of our availability, but we'll be trying to to trying to uh, pump out more content. Um, and uh, yeah, and we have I I have to look and see what the calendar what the Star Wars calendar is for twenty twenty four. Um, actually, I'm actually not sure. I haven't looked into that really. Um, I know a Skeleton Crew is kind of the only thing that's coming to my head. Immediately, Acolyte as well Acolyte. is confirmed from next yeah. year. And um, and is Andor next year? I don't know if that's next year. Actually, I think it, I don't know. I think it's going to depend on if they ever, uh, if they get like they they were almost done. Okay, and they had just apparently like so much so little left to film. But I don't know when they're going to get back into production, though. That's okay. the problem. Yeah, I mean the strike, all the strike and everything. Yeah, the strike just ended, so we'll see what their schedule is like now but you know we skeleton crew and and um acolyte at least will have so this is ironic because i'm just looking up star wars in 2024 yeah and you know the channel star wars explained yeah yeah apparently posted a video today saying uh everything coming in 2024 oh there you go some very nice unintentional synergy (laughs) yeah great minds think alike Uh, oh yeah (laughs) but uh but yeah no and and of course, thank everybody for listening. You can find me um, uh, at the New Generation Podcast Network. That's NU Generation Podcast Network. Uh, me and my brothers host uh, shows for various different things, including sports, superheroes, and also Star Wars. There's a show called The Imperial Broadcast on there where me and my brother talk Star Wars uh, similarly to how we do here. Uh, so please check that out. Highly recommend because the Imper- the Imperial broadcast is fantastic as a show uh, with Shamar and his brother, but then also New Generation, all all their shows are fantastic, and it's fun. It's just a lot of fun listening to 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 all three of you um, to chat all that stuff that you guys love. So it's it's oh, uh, it's kind of fun and big 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 hard recommend um, to everybody listening who enjoys this podcast or doesn't and wants something different. Either way, go check out New Generation. 
Um, for us here, we got obviously I got to go through whatever's coming in 2024. Don't know when we're getting stuff. We still always get books. We always get um, TV shows. We got comics coming out. Phase three is in full swing. So um, I, if Shamari's done by January, I'd love to do an Eye of Darkness uh, review and recap. I think that would be fantastic if you're done with that, man. Um, and yeah, yeah, man, that might be how we kick off 2024, which is how we kicked off 2021. Uh, when we first started this show, which was High Republic, first novel, Why the Jedi. Uh, so I think that would also be very apropos. Um, otherwise, we I am very glad to be back. Uh, it's one of those things that like we always know that we like doing. And then when you're doing, you're like, you forget how much you really enjoy doing it. You know, like, oh, this is <laughs> I got a bunch of other stuff going on in my life. Yes. And and but like this is so much fun and it's one of the best things going on in my life and i want to keep doing it uh so we will just got to figure out busy schedules between the both of us and also a five hour time difference that we're working on now um which makes timing a little bit harder um but otherwise uh thank you for listening we'll be back in the new year with more shows um and to everyone listening may the force be with you and see you next time